So I'm Rachel Wanjema from Clear Minds Better Lives, and I'm joined today by a special guest. So I'm going to give him the floor to introduce himself and tell us what he does. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. So my name is Derek Howell. I am native of New Jersey. I am a psychotherapist, a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been practicing for the past decade. Wow. So a little bit about my background and what got me into the field of mental health. I grew up you know, experiencing and seeing a lot of individual experiencing homelessness and uh, myself with my friends and social network saw a lot of individuals who experienced trauma and other uh, mental health that oftentimes went misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. So, you know, this was always something that was important to me to have clinicians that looked like you, that represented, you know, your, your, your culture and also some of the strengths and other characteristics that you embody to be able to speak to some of the, the issues that you're facing. So I wanted to make sure that I put myself in a position to answer that call. Yeah, that's awesome. We're so honored to have you today, and we're really glad that we have a chance to just dive in a little bit on an issue. And it's really nice that mental health, I think recently especially, has gotten a lot of attention and people are seeming to pay more mind and not afraid to really speak out, I say, and like talk about right. issues that they might be going through. So today our topic is anxiety. And I think about in the midst of everything going on, especially with the virus and yeah. all, all the hardships that people are facing right now, not knowing what the future holds or even their present circumstances, maybe not being able to provide for themselves. But before we start, I wanna ask, can you define what anxiety would be? Um, maybe like, I know there's a normal, like anxiety where of course you're anxious about certain things, but at what point? Yeah get to where like maybe you should seek some help or maybe you can't handle it yourself what would that look like okay great question so uh, let me first uh start by saying thank you for having me on and uh also to respond to that question you know anxiety i think oftentimes just in passing we use the word anxiety so anxiety in the clinical uh perspective, there are uh, multiple ways to look at anxiety. So there's something known as social anxiety. Uh, and there's something known uh, and what we will sort of use in today's definition, which is generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, oftentimes with, you know, someone will say, I'm experiencing anxiety. That's commonly what they're referring to, which, like I said, us in the field, we would diagnose based on criteria and the diagnostic assessment, it would be generalized anxiety. So uh, those symptoms need to be present for at least a minimum of six months. And if you are able to meet with a clinician and they can give you an assessment mm -hmm. and the duration of your symptoms and the intensity of your symptoms are lasting for long enough, then, you know, that would be the time that you would want to work with someone and, okay. you know, seek a referral. Okay. And is that different when someone is like, oh, I'm having a panic attack? What, is that different or is that fall under the same umbrella of anxiety? Yes. Uh, so it's under the 
umbrella of anxiety disorders. And like I was alluding to, there are different types of anxiety disorders. So there's that social anxiety, there's generalized anxiety disorder. And then there's also another category with just, you know, those panic attacks. And that, you know, is a little bit different than someone who is experiencing like what would be defined as that generalized anxiety disorder. Okay. So some of those symptoms may look alike mm -hmm. uh, and they may be similar as far as the excessive worry yeah. and, you know, and having uh, the, the physical symptoms and, you know, like your body may begin to sweat or, you know, everyone's symptoms may look different, but some of like those physical symptoms that you can readily identify like, hey, this may lead to a panic attack or, hey, this may be, you know, my anxiety presenting itself. Okay. And I think we were talking the other day with a few friends of mine and it was just, we realized that it's so important to realize that everybody is different and how things manifest in different people is also very different and keeping that in mind and being conscious of that when dealing with people. So even anxiety itself can look very different from person to person, correct? Is that what you're trying to tell us, right? Yes, exactly. And different things can trigger your anxiety in, right. in different ways. So, you know, the same person may have their anxiety triggered, let's say, from taking a test. So they're in a the classroom taking a test, they may become anxious while taking this test. And then some of those symptoms may look different where if they have anxiety with driving a car because they got into a car accident, that, you know, those symptoms and, you know, how it presents itself may look completely different, although it's the same individual ex experiencing anxiety within their own skin. So yes, it can look completely different. Yeah. And so growing up, I think I've had some friends who may say like they suffer from having panic attacks or they suffer from certain anxiety disorders. And it's very interesting because I think in general, I think it tends to be women that come forth. They may express, especially when they're going through things, I think mentally um, that are more forthcoming and sharing that. I've never really had a lot of guys express to me oh, I think I'm having a panic attack or like I'm really anxious. So from a male perspective, and I'm really glad that we have a male on our panel to kind of, you know, expound on that. But can you explain to us how would it look like, even if a man is not openly per se, or a male is not openly saying that they're suffering from something, what are some of the things we can look at as friends, family members, you know, peers that could kind of, serve as ways to say, hey, I think something may not be going right. Or how do men tend to express that? What does that look like? Wow, that is wow. a very uh, difficult question, but I do have an answer. So, you know, again, it, it looks different for everyone. Right. So one, you know, way of noticing and identifying would be having like sort of a baseline so you know as a loved one or a relative you know yeah. what you know that individual how, how their mood is how generally they present themselves and they carry out their day-to-day -day activities and so if things are to change and if they also again you know another part of the anxiety disorders uh, would be that social anxiety you know if you begin to see that the way that they 
go and move in different spaces begins to change and it may be due to certain external factors then you know having that conversation may allow you to go again go back to that baseline and say okay well something is a little bit different or something is off uh and to to share a little bit more about how that may look in men you know it again it it varies i have a uh, private practice where I, you know, I specialize in men's health, men's issues. And so you know, I do work with a lot of uh, individuals who, you know, have uh, anxiety diagnoses and then also experience symptoms of anxiety. And so, you know, each person yeah, wear that differently. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to give you a what can you look for? Because I know there's some certain individuals who may... Uh, repress like verbalizing that they have you know any feelings of anxiety and you know they may be fully committed to you know their job or fully committed to other activities so it will be so difficult to say okay well this person is anxious right now because they're sort of like repressing it and then others may become very isolated or it, they may be withdrawn in conversations or with family that they tend to not be withdrawn with so yeah it is it like mental health is is a a very large and long spectrum yeah okay and so I think like once you see that someone has kind of um they're not on that baseline you can see that something is wrong what are some ways to go about talking to someone you know a lot of the times like I'm currently in nursing school and we learn things like, oh, if you see someone, for instance, um, is suffering with like suicidal thoughts, this is how you go about talking to them. You know, when it comes to anxiety, how do we as loved ones and friends and family go about starting that conversation? I think that's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. So it's important. And again, like I typically, uh, have that conversation and, you know, catapult that conversation, you know, you have to normalize others' feelings and thoughts. So it may be varying from a perspective that you may hold as the loved one who was asking the question, but, you know, you have to sort of meet them where they are. If they, if this is how they feel, then you have to be accepting of that if you are allowing them that space to be vulnerable. Right. So, you know, that is, that's super important. It's just, you know, listening. If you, truly want to get a sense of how they feel and what their thoughts are, you have to be willing to listen and then, you know, respond that, that you can hear them. You may, again, you may not accept what they're saying or you may not agree, but you just have to be open so that they can also in turn be vulnerable. Yeah, that's very important. Thank you. Um, I think one other question we had is, if you yourself suffer from anxiety attacks, anxiety disorders, that umbrella of things, what are some things we can do personally ourselves to kind of handle it, to deal with it? What are some things we can do to alleviate some of that stress and pressure that comes with that? Sure, sure thing. So, you know, there are some grounding techniques that can be used. Uh, There's also, something that I love to use, which is reality testing. And, you know, something 
great about this. You know, it, it challenges some sometimes those uh, problematic cognitions and thoughts, and you know, you are able to put yourself in a different scenario and really judge: is this something that can happen or would happen based on you know these certain circumstances and then you're able again like like the name you're able to test that reality and you know that can reduce some of those uh those symptoms of anxiety Mm -hmm. uh also you know like we were just sharing you know speaking to a mental health clinician Mm -hmm. speaking to a therapist you know there are plenty of great clinicians and therapists and counselors in the world and you know, it's, there's a lot of platforms nowadays. Like you said, this upcoming Friday is actually Mental Health uh, Awareness Month. So excited about that as well. But yeah, definitely reach out to, to someone who is a qualified expert to, you know, get help. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think we've covered kind of like a basis, just like literally just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to anxiety but as we do approach that mental health awareness month what are some things that um over the years practicing being a clinician what are the things that you can tell us or just important facts anything any last words i would say for us as we get into mental health awareness month sure definitely uh practice self-love self-care and uh, in addition, I think that self-care is a very buzz uh, conversation, you know, hot topic, so to speak. I think it could get uh, misused or overused. And I think it's important to, you know, when you're practicing self-care and self-love to also uh, implement gratitude because we may try to hold ourselves to a schedule. Like if I don't journal, if I don't work out, then, you know, I'll sort of fall off of you know, what, what I was setting out to achieve as a goal and, you know, just giving yourself that gratitude of, you know, I, I did work out two days, maybe the goal was three, but, you know, I had some other stressors come up or maybe I just got a chance to spend time with family and loved ones, especially with everything going on in the world. You know, it's, it's definitely uh, easy to, to get sidetracked from a goal, you know, with having to stay in, but then you can also, you know, turn that into a positive affirmation and, to express gratitude and you know it's one of the the best things to do like i said especially right now and move as we move into mental health uh, awareness month yeah sure so thank you so much i'm so grateful i think anxiety sometimes can be a topic that's overlooked just because like i said in the beginning everyone experiences anxiety to some degree so i think like people may feel overwhelmed sometimes or feel like something is wrong with them if they feel like that anxiety is getting out of control or out of hand. So I'm very glad we've had this conversation and I hope that it brings a little more awareness to people to know that we're all different. We all have different struggles, but at the end of the day, we're human beings and we should be there for each other. We should be more compassionate and understanding and know that what someone is going through, you never know, you could go through the same tomorrow. So don't ever judge anyone and be vulnerable. And in turn, people will be vulnerable with you. And I've learned something today. And I thank you so much once again for allowing us to have you on our platform. We don't take you for granted and we don't take the work that you do for granted. So thank you so much. I don't know if you have any last comments, any last remarks, but that was it for us. We're so happy and we can't wait to see how this month goes with mental health awareness and hopefully we leave an impact in people's lives.
Yes, well said, well said, Rachel. And I thank you for having me. Uh, I think that we we covered it all. I think uh, so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you.